Okay. Okay. I think we're on. Are we live, Chris? Waiting for the. Ready? You can just go ahead and talk. It takes a while. Okay. Longer. I'm going to say we're live. We're in. Hey, welcome to Happy Succeeding in the Future of Work. And today I got this amazing guest. This is this is a very different kind of podcast. So so Joseph Orojo. Do I have that pronounced right? Arujo? Yeah, no, that works. Arujo. Oh, close enough. Arujo. Arujo. <laughs> from Mindset Pharma. And basically, if I understand it, and I really was never that good in science in school. I don't, I don't know why. I just wasn't bad, but it just wasn't my thing. And, but the little I understand is during the 60s, you know, you had LSD, you had all these kind of illicit drugs. And it turns out, from my understanding, Joe's going to talk a lot about it, is that these properties were kind of frowned upon by the government. Now we're finding out 10, 20, 30 years, 40 years later, that these kind of LSD-ish type, acid type uh, chemi what, chemicals Drugs, actually yeah. help with mental health, with depression, with PSTD, with like anything, right? So, so maybe you could share your mission and what you're doing and how you're taking these things that once were taboo and vilified and really helping people. Yeah, well, th thanks, for, thanks for giving me the chance to speak on yeah. this, Jack, and it's great to see you again. And, and so, you know, at Mindset, we really are focused on developing, you know, new psychedelic drugs, which are in a lot of ways based on drugs that people have known about for, for a long time, things like LSD, things like psilocybin and DMT, and developing them as, as medicine. And it's, it's, it's interesting because a lot of these drugs were initially used as um, medicines, at least, you know, in Western culture, you know, so you had uh, LSD, where, which was being investigated for, for a series of, you know, mental health conditions, uh, substance abuse, for example, um, and, and drugs like MDMA, you know, referred to as ecstasy, which was really popular in the club culture of, of the 80s was originally developed as, as, a, as a therapeutic agent. And there were, you know, and I think one of the challenges is a lot of the work that was done early on in the 50s and 60s wasn't um, really up to the same level of, of um, you know, wasn't done at the same level as we do clinical trials today, right? So you had therapists using these compounds, they were getting positive results, but nobody was running a placebo-controlled clinical trial, that, which is really important today for, for understanding whether a drug is, is going to work as a medicine, and it's a, it's a long, expensive process. And then the counterculture of the 60s sort of caused a vilification of, of, of these drugs. Um, the recreational use rather than the medicinal use, you know, made the gov made governments uh, around the world sort of decide that these, these drugs were dangerous, uh, you know, reports of, of people potentially harming themselves. And the shift was, was the complete opposite and these drugs became almost impossible to do research on. And so everything kind of stopped in the 70s and, and through the 80s. And then in the early 2000s, various, various groups got permission to start, you know, looking at these drugs again. And, 
and trying to understand them from a different framework. The framework of can these drugs help people who, you know, patients who have, you know, neuropsychiatric diseases, treatment resistant depression, diseases that can't be helped by other drugs that we have today, or they're not getting benefit. And then that created a, you know, the potential of, hey, these are people who really need something to help with their disease. And we've tried everything that's sort of out there today and we need something new. And so then that shifts the, the, the sort of paradigm to, well, maybe we can look at these compounds, which we thought were really bad and, and understand whether there might be some real medicinal value in them. And so going along that trajectory, we, you know, we, we sort of see the first generation compounds like LSD and, and MDMA and psilocybin. A lot of them are natural products. And what we know or what, you know, pharmacologists and, and drug developers have done for a real long time is take something that's natural, modify the chemistry a little bit and turn it into a, a, a drug. And by, by a, a drug or, or let's say a clinically useful drug is one where, you know, you can demonstrate that it has value at a specific dose and is manufactured in a consistent way. So Rather, you know, we don't think the future is you're going to go into a doctor's office and take two grams of magic mushrooms as an example, just because, you know, mushrooms are inherently not consistent in terms of how much psilocybin they have. But you can create a extract psilocybin and create drugs that are, are going to behave in a much more consistent way. And then and then hopefully with proper clinical trials, you can demonstrate that they have a benefit. And, and that's really what we're trying to do at Mindset. When you talk about mushrooms, let me ask you this from a, from a novice perspective, from a dumb guy perspective. So you always hear people talk about, you know, I've taken magic mushrooms and, and my whole mind has been changed. My reality has changed. Uh, what's the real deal? I mean, is, is, does it or they just think that happened or are those, are those mushrooms, those properties so powerful that it can change the way you look at things? and change your mood yeah that that's a that's a really interesting question and one where i don't think there's there's a single answer um you know these are really these are really potent drugs um you know in small doses they really alter uh consciousness reality and if you kind of look at what's been documented in terms of experience you do get these mystical type experiences where people have a new view on life, and and maybe some of some of that effect is is what's being you know what's beneficial for things like treatment resistant depression. You know what we what we've seen is the drug seems to work better the more mystical and uh, that experience is, and it's it's hard to define what a mystical experience is because it probably differs with everybody. You also hear about experiences that aren't necessarily like that, right? Some of some of them can be more challenging. Um, you you hear about things like ego dissolution, and and so this is really an important area of research to to try and understand that. And and it's important to dissociate, I think, recreational and what could become a wellness use sort of yeah. case for these for these drugs. So you know people who are not suffering from you know debilitating uh, mental health issues maybe could get some benefit from these but that's not you know that's that's a whole other field i think of research 
the field that, that we're focused on, because I think it's a little bit easier to quantify today and move forward today, is, is really trying to help patients who have a, a clear disease. So certainly, I think some of those properties are, are going to be uh, present across all, all of those groups. They're potentially properties of the drug. They certainly do alter the way we perceive things and can change the way we think about things. And there's some interesting science as to how or why that might be happening. But it's still very early, I think, in, in really understanding how these drugs work. And I, you know, I'd also say the, the field of neuroscience is still early compared to let's let's say other field, other medical fields like cardiology, where you know maybe the heart is a little better understood than the way we think and the way we are conscious and, and living beings and, and how ruminating thoughts can, can cause long-term mental health issues, for example. So how does it work? So you'll take some of these properties that could be found in Iawatha or, or hallucinogenics and then tailor them to make, you know, uh, substances that you could take ultimately. So someone who's maybe suffering from depression or different mental health issues. And I guess it kind of re you know, rewires them in a little bit to, to, yeah. to, to help them out. Yeah, I mean, that's that's certainly the, the rewiring part is certainly one one way that people are describing this. But but essentially, you know, just speaking at a, at a, at a the most simple level, mm -hmm. you can take a molecule and make alterations to it, which could potentially change how long it acts. So, so this is, I think, a, a real important, um, you know, discussion point in the industry. So today, we're looking at, you know, other folks, not us, are looking at psilocybin, um, psilocybin-assisted psychotherapy for treatment-resistant depression. And so people will go into a clinic. Uh, you know, they'll have some some time with the, the, the clinician to prepare them. Is this them. kind of like when you get ketamine or is that something yeah. different? Very, very, very similar in, okay. in a lot of ways, right? So you get prepared for this, this psychedelic experience and then you have, you know, some, some time with uh, therapists afterwards to try and integrate what you might have learned. But that, that, that drug component, that drug session with, with psilocybin is a six to eight hour visit Ooh, and, and it's quite expensive. intensive. You're gonna, you're gonna be, you're gonna be in, a, in, a, in a clinic for, for six to eight hours. You're gonna have one or two people with you for six to eight hours. And when you start to think about scalability, it becomes challenging to think, how do you, how do you get this treatment to that many people? There's only so many people that are, you know, that, that, are, that are able to provide the therapeutic component and so if you can shorten the duration of that drug of that drug experience or that psychedelic experience and still have the same benefit, you know, maybe you could talk about treating three, four, five patients a day if you could get that short enough. So those are ways we can begin to think about modifying the, the chemicals to maybe make them a little bit more, uh, more like a, a medicine that can be deployed at scale. Uh, the other thing that you we may find is over time, as, as more people do this, you know, clinical trials today have really sort of focused on very specific patient groups. But what about elderly? What about people who are maybe on other medications? Are there going to be safety concerns? And so, you know, maybe we can pre preempt, 
you know, in advance, begin to think about how we can modify or, or how we can develop a drug that may be safer for, for a wider range of patients. So, so that's certainly ways that we're looking to, to develop those medicines. So, you know, try and, you know, for lack of better words, keep the best parts and, and improve the parts that could be improved uh, for patients. And then, and then how it works in the clinic, you know, rewiring is, is something that people have, have talked about. So, you know, the, these compounds can, at least while they're having their effect, change the way brain connectivity works. And then when the effect is over, there's possibilities of, of maybe changing the way you think moving forward. And, and people are talking about neuroplasticity. So at a molecular level, your brain changing and, 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 but once again, you know, you have to sort of change the way you're thinking, change things in your life as well. And I think that's a big part of the therapeutic component. So the drug is part of the tools to potentially help patients. It seems like we, we, you're, to unpack it, like there are two different tracks we're talking about. One is kind of, let's say, a ketamine-ish thing where I'm going to go in to maybe a clinician's office or maybe they'll come to my house. But it sounds like it's more of a wealthy person thing because you have to have the money and I don't know if health, you know, your health care will cover it. And you have, like you said, you might have one person who's helping you with the journey or maybe a couple of people, and this is going to take six hours. So I imagine it's pretty expensive, but if you have the money, all right, fine. But you can't really scale that. That's for a very small, you know, subset of people. But what you're looking to do is to take the compounds and be able to have it where it can, this is so trippy because it seems like you could take you know, kind of the essence of it, and then it's going to kind of change the way you think, which is amazing, right? Because you're living your whole life one way. Let's say you're always depressed, or you 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 are in a war and you're suffering from you know you know post traumatic you know stress, and then all of a sudden that could change. That's right. That's just remarkable. But it 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 is remarkable. And, and it's, it's really exciting because, you know, ketamine was, I think, one of, one of the first drugs, you know, that's been around. It's, it's an approved medicine. It's a dissociative anesthetic. And it's now, you know, available. And yeah, it, it's not necessarily being paid for through insurance companies yet. But, you know, there is a possibility that that can change with more data. And I think if you can demonstrate uh, a, a case and uh, you know a cost benefit risk case for paying for these then it will be available to more to more people and I think that's that's going to be a, a big part of where this industry you know that's going to be something the, the industry will have to address moving forward and to do that you know you need to develop these compounds in a, in a very specific way for patients and and then you know go through the the uh, insurance company payers routes to, to understand how they're going to be paid for. So today it probably is more in the realm of those that are wealthy, but most of these drugs haven't been approved yet, right? So psilocybin's not approved, it's in clinical trials. MDMA is not yet approved, but over time that, that could certainly change. And when you look at something like PTSD where there's really no other treatments out there, how much, you know, if you can, if you can quickly and for a long term, for a long time, improve or, or, or help somebody with PTSD. 
how much more benefit does that bring in from a cost perspective to society? How, how what are we not paying for, right? We're, it's it's right. a it's a different way of, of, of sort of looking at it. What we know is, you know, the traditional way for a lot of patients of taking home a drug and taking it once daily for, you know, six months to, or maybe longer, doesn't work for everyone. And, and so, you know, we're, we're paying for that, you know, maybe the, maybe once again, we'll have to understand what the costs are truly going to be. And, um, you know, today people, people do go to the hospital for things like, um, uh, you know, hemodialysis, for example, right? So, so there, there are ways to think about this in a, in a more, uh, in, in a more traditional way in terms of being paid for through, through insurance programs and, and healthcare. Now, how far are you along in your trials to bringing mm -hmm. something to market? Yeah, so mindset today is where we call at a preclinical stage. So before you ever put a new drug into people, you know, there's a really clear pathway. First, you want to have some idea that it, it does what you think it's going to do. And we've done a lot of work comparing our drug to drugs that are known like psilocybin and LSD and, and DMT and 5-methoxy-DMT. And so we've been able to benchmark our drugs in, in preclinical models, whether that's, you know, cells in a, in a Petri dish or whether that's in animals. And, and then you can begin to understand how drugs, how our drugs differ from the drugs that we know about. And then the next sort of steps will be to demonstrate that these drugs show a reasonable safety profile in, in animals so that one is comfortable or more importantly, a regulatory agency is convinced that, you know, this is going to be reasonably safe for, for what you're trying to treat to move it into a, a person. So we're, we're within about a year of, of being in, in people. Um, so it's going to happen soon, but we're still at that sort of preclinical stage where we're, we're now moving on. We, we, we believe these molecules will work uh, maybe even better than drugs like psilocybin in some cases. We have some compounds that are gonna be shorter acting, but we'll really begin to understand how they behave in people and how people behave on the drugs, uh, hopefully within the next year. So, so, so you basically have what dogs and cats tripping in your lab over the <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I mean, we don't acid trips. Is that what's happening, sort of? Or we, we don't we don't we don't have labs at Mindset, but we're working <laughs> with other groups that yeah. do. And so typically you do a lot of the work in, in rodents, mouse and rat, but yeah. the, the, the FDA, for example, requires a non-rodent species for at least uh, safety. So uh, whether or not dogs can trip or monkeys trip, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, but they certainly, if they do, they probably will have that experience at some point. And uh, once again, it's, it's to understand that these drugs are gonna be safe you know, traditionally, the understanding is physiologically, these drugs are quite safe. So that the, their major effect is, is, is in, you know, within the brain or mind, depending on who you ask. And, uh, but that, you know, there's, there's fairly low risk of, of, of long term health concerns, especially when you're only getting maybe one dose uh, a year or every three months. Yeah, I was going to answer about that. So, because when you said rewire, it seems like it can be done quickly and not have to take it, take that medicine all the time. So, yeah. would it be something where maybe it might not be a one and done, but not like you're popping three pills a day every day for the rest of your life? 
Yeah, I, I think there's there's a couple things that are, I would say, very surprising when you look at some of the clinical trials that that are, you know, that are, people are, are talking about. So one is that a lot of these compounds, in, including ketamine and, and potentially psilocybin and, uh, and others, seem to be very fast acting compared to traditional antidepressants, which, you know, can take six to eight weeks to sort of have a benefit, right? Which, which can be important for some patient groups. So they potentially work really quickly. And what's even more interesting in a lot of ways is that a single dose seems to have a long lasting benefit. So, you know, there's studies and, and we're still trying to understand that, but studies that are looking at patients 12 weeks after, six months after, and you're seeing long lasting effects. Uh, in a smoking cessation trial, you know, you, you saw a, a really, a really impressive um, rate of, of people who didn't start smoking again, even after a year compared to other, other methods. And even though those are very small trials, so it's difficult to say whether that will be the case for everybody, but it's certainly really promising and it changes in a lot of ways, the way we're thinking, you know, we're thinking about drugs for, for, for these types of indications, you know, one, one, one time and a benefit that lasts for, for months, it, it really changes the sort of treatment paradigm and, and the way, maybe the, maybe the way we'll start thinking about how, how best to treat patients. It's, it's almost sounds like a miracle drug in a way, in the sense that it, it can kind of, I don't want to say cure you, but help you fairly quickly. And what I don't understand is why wouldn't, let's say, the government and other agencies kind of stand behind companies like yours to help fast track it? Because let's be frank, I mean, as it, let's just take our country. Well, I know you're from Canada, so we'll take yeah. Canada. You're like U.S. anyway, so like you're part of it. So, so like Canada, U.S., I, and you're probably like, here in the U.S., so I won't speak for you, you know, and we're all at each other's throats. Everyone is depressed. Everyone is anxious. Everyone is stressed out of their minds. I mean, it's no secret. Everyone's mm -hmm. you just go on social media. You just see how like unhinged people are in real life. You see how unhinged people are. So you would think, wait, let's maybe fast track. So if there's a chance that you could kind of have, if someone is suffering depression, I think everybody at this point in time is somewhere on that depression schedule, you know, mm -hmm. you know, spectrum over the last two years. So, you know, even the most you know, you know, mentally fit person, you know, two years of this, it kind of wears you down. So you would think something like this would be like, hey, maybe this is one of these we roll out to make people feel better and happier. And especially it sounds like it's not too dangerous and it's long lasting. So why isn't there like this movement to, to, to really, you know, you know, bring a lot of cash into this space? Yeah, so, so I, I actually, I, th I think government is doing uh, their part in helping. So in the U.S. specifically, uh, MDMA has, has received uh, breakthrough, uh, breakthrough status, which, which basically means larger clinical trials and a potential to fast track uh, a drug approval, and psilocybin has as well. So you know, from a regu regulator's perspective, it's almost, it's basically, they see that need and they're, they're, they're acknowledging that need and they're allowing companies to move their compounds through faster than a standard, let's say drug development process. So, so I think that's happening. Uh, the reality is making things quicker still takes time. Yeah. You still wanna demonstrate one, that there's an effect and two, that these compounds are going to be safe for, for greater populations. And, 
and uh, but but certainly I think the 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 way people are looking at these drugs, both you know regulators, uh, politicians, you know there, there's you know in the U.S. you have a, a large veteran segment, right? So PTSD is is a real is a real important. Uh, uh, market segment there for, for treatment. And so we, we are seeing that. And, uh, you know, the US in a lot of ways is leading that. So that, it's great to see. And, and, and I think more, more regulators around the world will, will take note. Have you seen in other countries, is, is it, have, have they been approved? And if so, like, what kind of results have you seen? So I mean, ketamine has been approved um, as as an intranasal um, formulation, and there's there's some data available. But you know, within the space that that mindset's really focused on, which are these you know we we'll call them tryptamine hallucinogens, uh, things like psilocybin and DMT and 5-methoxy DMT, there hasn't been a, a formal approval yet. What we have are several companies that are in regulatory you know, based clinical trials to understand benefits. So um, they're, they're reporting now fairly regularly, you know, Compass has, has completed some phase two clinical trials that had some, you know, pretty, pretty promising results, I think, when, when you think about a real hard to treat uh, patient uh, segment, you know, treatment resistant depression, and you saw a benefit that seemed to be long lasting at at least one of the doses. So, um, We'll, 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 we'll have a, a much you know, better understanding on, on how many patients and how well it works as, as we move into larger clinical trials. So it's, it's happening, um, you know, it, unfortunately there was a 30 or 40 year window where nothing was done, but uh, you know, we need to move forward. And, and I think there's not just understanding psilocybin, but now there's quite a bit of, uh, you know, as, as in the case with mindset, there's a real opportunity to improve upon those drugs. So get get the ones that work out there and, and continue to make better drugs and, uh, or drugs that work better for more people. And, and I know as a scientist, you know, yeah, you're going through all these trials, but anecdotally, I'd imagine, maybe not you, but other scientists might kind of consult with people who have indulged in Iowatha, magic mushrooms, all these other stuff. And anecdotally, have you heard story like success stories? And you, you know, you have to take it with a, some doubt because it's not under you know trials and 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 being watched over by professionals. But anecdotally, does it really come out that like yeah, it does help and that people feel better? I I, I think with with you know I've heard lots of you know there's there's sort of two sides to this. I think we we've heard. Lots of anecdotal stories about people getting better, or you know, um, having a you know dealing with addiction issues. Mm -hmm. And on the other hand, you know, we we get a lot of emails from people who aren't getting any benefit from what's out there and want something different, right? Yeah. So so there's certainly a need. I, I the the other important aspect, which I think we don't understand yet, is these drugs might not be they might not work for everybody. It's unlikely that one drug is gonna fix everybody's problems. And that, you know, some people maybe don't, uh, th these aren't the right drugs for them, right? So there's some people who have tried it who will probably never do it again. They, they, they too intensive an experience or something that was unpleasant. 
And I think this is where we need to be careful and very responsible that, that we do this very carefully, that we don't, you know, as much as there's a need, we can't rush through this because we, we need to make sure that, you know, we're, we're helping people and we're helping the most, the, the, the greatest number of people that we can while, while not harming others in, in the process. Because I imagine, I remember, I kind of as a kid, you'd see these movies or TV shows where some hippie is taking medicine, and their and their mind is just destroyed. So I imagine there's, you know, there's an element if you're not careful that these are powerful drugs that maybe could both help you, but if not used correctly or not. Yeah, you know, I, mean, I could, grew up with the propaganda of the Reagan yeah. administration with, you know, in the morning on Saturday, Saturday morning cartoons, this is your brain on drugs. <laughs> you remember with the egg, <laughs> with the egg on the frying pan? Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a vivid, if it's a vivid memory, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really I mean, there, was, there was an enormous amount of propaganda and, and I think we need, we need to be, responsibility includes proper information. And I think, you know, we need to get rid of the propaganda. We need to get rid of, you know, the emotional stigma around and, and begin to assess objectively whether, you know, there's benefit, which it looks like there will be, and then how much benefit and, and how, do we, how do we use these drugs most effectively? There's a, there's a lot to learn, but the, the results up to today have been really promising. And I think recently you had some big tie-in to help out with it, right? Didn't you... Yeah, I, I, you know, when when we started um, mindset, we were we were very, you know, we believed that this area was an important area and and potentially could change, uh, you know, revolutionize, you know, mental health care. But unlike a lot of the companies at the time when we started, you know, that were focused on first generation drugs or clinical trials or, or apps to help better understand that. Our, our view was that, you know, there is an opportunity to make better drugs now that, you know, it was, it was becoming a little, you know, a clearer regulatory pathway was being forged, that there was an opportunity to create novel drugs that were potentially better, and that for big pharma to come into the space, and ultimately, you know, big pharma is, is, plays an important role in getting medicines to patients and understanding how, how to treat them, that we they would need to see you know they would need patent protection on novel molecules as well as data showing that these molecules might work better and in january we announced uh, the first we're the first you know next generation psychedelic company that has a, a collaboration with a big pharma partner it's a it's a japanese company called otsuka which is one of which has one of the biggest franchises in in um in mental health in, in terms of a big pharma neuroscience company. So that was a great validation of not only what we thought we could do, but you know, that that the model makes sense and that big pharma is now, which is more quick more quickly than we thought would happen, is is now really looking at this space and trying to understand how to uh, get these uh, move these drugs forward to get them to patients. So it's really exciting, both in terms of, of the trajectory of our business, but also for the entire field. Uh, it adds it adds another level of validity that these these are drugs that are important to look at and understand. You know, especially when uh, a company that that's been around for that long and 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 has that experience in, in mental health, you know, sort of buys in, so to speak. Yeah. So congratulations. I mean, that's fantastic news. Right. And then I imagine that's going to kind of hasten the development process 
Yeah. I imagine, right? Because they have some, some, you know, firepower behind them. They have firepower, which, you know, not, not just in terms of, of being, of supporting. So part of the collaboration is they're going to pay for development of two of our drug families, the shorter acting uh, drug families through phase one clinical trials. So we'll, they'll, they'll, we're working closely to get those into, into humans, like we talked about before and understand their safety, but also just, you know, the experience and the number you know, the number of experts that, that are engaged in the project, you know, uh, for, for a small company like ours, it really brings a lot of uh, firepower in terms of, of yeah. experience and know-how. And, you know, they're, they're, they run several clinical trials globally uh, per year. So it, it just, it really, you know, re- re- will really help us not, not just with the funding, but also with yeah. the expertise and, and, and moving things forward much more quickly. So really exciting for us. And, uh, and, and uh, we're, we're, we couldn't be happier um, to, the, to have such a, a great partner working with us on this project. Well, that's great. I'm, I'm glad for you. And, it's, and when you talk about veterans, because think about it here, and again, I'm not sure what it's like in Canada, but here you hear such sad horror stories about your know, lives are just ruined and, you know, you're serving your country and you end up on the streets being homeless and it's terrible. And, and, and if this kind of, you know, pharmaceuticals could help, I mean, there's a big need for it. You it's know, that's just one need. sector, but there's so many others like that, right? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that's, you know, that, that's one of the things that, the whole team is, is is excited about this. This can really help a lot of. If this can help a lot of people, then yeah. it's going to be great work. It's work that needs to be done, and you know, I think over you know the last ten years, there's been a lot more understanding on you know the impact of mental health, right? Um, and the conversation is open, but uh, we we need we also need new approaches, new drugs. And, uh, and, and so it, it's, it's a great time. I think everything has sort of come together. Think, and people yeah. understand that, that there are a lot of people that, that it's for the first time. And, and you, you can appreciate this when growing up, you didn't talk about mental health at all. It just wasn't a thing. I mean, it wasn't, you were against mental health. It just, it didn't come up in conversation at all. No, and no. burnout wasn't a thing. It's like, okay, you know, hey, I, I would it be like, I need a day off boss because I'm burned out. Like, what are you talking about? Get to work, stop it, you know, walk it off. And now fast forward, it's completely, I'd say not wholly socially acceptable, but for the most part, it's yeah. it's on the front burner for people to really talk about and talk about openly. Absolutely. I mean, it, it kind of came from, from the generation where you didn't talk about it or you talked yeah. about somebody having a nervous breakdown. Yeah. I don't know what yeah. a nervous breakdown is. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't fit into what we're talking about today. Yeah. I mean, and people are willing to discuss the challenges and, and you know, life, life, life can be hard. So uh, we, and we all need to help support each other a little bit better, right? Absolutely. Is, this is a silly question, but how do you, when you talk to people on a personal level, you know, go to a party, go out to dinner with, with you know, maybe not your friend, people who like you're introduced with, and you talk about what you do for a living. And this goes back to what you said about like how it was kind of villainized and, 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 and 
in the past. So are they like disappointed when, because they go, hey, I would think this kind of hippie guy would be doing these kind of drugs. I don't understand. You look like a normal, yeah. regular person. It, did you get, did you get that no. disconnect from folks? No, not, not so much. I think everybody, you know, yeah. once again, I think timing is so important. And yeah. I get very few people, you know, who aren't interested in learning, who aren't interested in wanting yeah. to learn more. And, you know, I thought we'd get a lot more sort of reactive. Well, that sounds like a horrible idea yeah. or something, but, you know, it's, it's really, I think people in coming out of COVID or going through COVID, which is when a lot of our work was happening, I think it was really at the forefront, people seeing, you know, the deterioration that was going on a lot, you know, they know somebody or it's happening to them, yeah. you know, I mean, it was really at the forefront. So no, it's, it's been a really great opportunity. People seem to be very open-minded and really, you know, want to learn more. And I think once again, as long as we're, you know, being objective about what we're doing and we're not trying to build it up to be a miracle cure and that we understand we need to learn a lot more than I think, you know, what, what we don't want to see is another kickback because this has been oversold by an industry or by a group of people. Right, right. You don't want to make it so they think it's a magical cure. And then if it's any less than that, they'd be disappointed. So it's kind of setting the expectations that it could help. It may not help everybody. Just like every drug, it's not going to help everybody. You right. know, we have different reactions. Some it works really well, some it doesn't, some you have to tinker with it. But it seems like it's going in the right direction and that hopefully it's, it's going to help it will help people, maybe not everybody, but it'd be unreasonable, I think, to say you could, yeah. you could have some drug, any drug that helps every single person and it works every single time. Never it's just seen not one how life those. is, right? Never just seen one of those. That's great. It just doesn't, <laughs> doesn't happen, work that does way. It? So, so this is great. It, 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 anything else that you have the pipeline in addition, or this is this is kind of your baby? This is you know, the, yeah. I what I would say is you know what what we. What, what we've sort of come across is this, this chemistry platform that, you know, we've been very focused on hallucinogenic tryptamines, primarily psilocybin, which is in, you know, the active ingredient in magic mushrooms and DMT and 5-methoxy-DMT. Mm -hmm. So you've talked about ayahuasca, that's DMT. But we think we can apply this platform, not just to these sort of, you know, in the media, well-known psychedelic compounds. We think there's, there's, hundreds of psychedelic compounds out there that are somewhat different. We think we can learn more about those and improve upon those, but also, you know, really we're, we are a biotech company focused on mental health and, and neurological diseases. And so we think we can apply that and, and we have a lot more in the pipeline that we're looking to develop. So, um, you know, there's, there's with mindset, I think there's, there's a lot of, we're looking at a lot of opportunities to bring drugs that will help people to market, not just one drug. And, and I think that's, that speaks uh, towards the, the, the mission of, of our company to really help as many people as possible. Well, that's great, Joseph. And, and I, I, when you were saying about the timing, I think you're right. Everything seems to be lining up. I think in as bad as the pandemic was, I think it was good because it did open up the door for conversations about mental health. And I think with the tie up you have with the Japanese you know, company and so forth. I think those things are, are happening because they realize, hey, this is for real. This is serious and we got to talk about it. We can't pretend it didn't happen. We can't pretend that people aren't angry and stressed and aggravated and depressed 
and all that kind of stuff. And, and we wanted, we want to help and want to do it. So it's like, you're in the right time, right place now where, and, and people need it. And so hopefully, hopefully we, you know, you guys kind of get it to market as soon as possible. And then if you don't mind, let's, we'll, we'll regroup once it gets closer or you get Absolutely. something out there, we'll, uh, we we'll can share like the good news of what's happening. Yeah, would love would love to catch up again with you yeah. as as we keep moving along this road. And really, you know, it's great great that you're interested and and yeah. that your listenership will hopefully, you know, this will be beneficial and and uh, you know, help, help people understand what we're trying to do and and where it can go because I think the potential is enormous. If even though I know it's not out yet, but if people want to stay in touch and kind of look and see updates from where you are. How can they find you? What's the best oh, place to look? You know, we're on the on the website, and I think there's there's email addresses there. We we're happy to mm-hmm. speak with folks, and you know, as I said, we get a lot of emails from people in need. But you know, just wanting to help more people understand how this can move forward. So feel free to reach out uh, to us via our website. So mindset.com. Is mind, that- mindsetpharma.com mindsetfarmer.com. Perfect. Well, Joseph, thank you so much. This is great because this is this is what so fun for me, selfishly, is because you get to share, get to get great insights of innovation and developments. And I say this probably too often, but I, I can't stress enough. It's so great where, you know, oftentimes all you hear is the bad news and negativity things. So I love speaking to people who are kind of doing things to help people. And it's, I figure we could all do our part. You know, you're doing your part by being a scientist and coming up with these drugs. In a way, I think I could do my part by highlighting it. So it could kind of make people feel better that there's hope on the horizon, you know, that there are good things and people working on, on, on things to help others. So, so this is fantastic. So I love it. Wow, and well, uh, I really appreciate it, Jack, being excellent. part of that as well. Excellent. Well, thank you so much. And hopefully we'll hear soon as, as you get some new developments. Okay, the pipeline. Thanks. Great. Thanks, Jack. Take care, Joe. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.